We encourage you as always to open up your Bibles. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, in particular verses 45 and 46. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 45 and 46. So uh, we're going to be perhaps not walking through the text uh, bit by bit today. Um, We don't always do that anyhow, but with it being so uh, so, such a short story, uh, I still encourage you to have it open and to keep it uh, in front of you as we do the sermon. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sermon text is Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 to 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. A well-dressed man walks down the street looking for items to purchase for his business. And the vendors working on the streets notice that this man obviously has great wealth, and so they become rabid in trying to get his attention. They're calling for him, holding up what they have to sell, hoping that he might come near them because he could obviously make their day or their week, month, or maybe even their year. Who knows? But the man walks on because he is wise and discerning. His eyes move from left to right, scanning the items presented before him on the street because he knows quite well that one item that promises profit can later leave a man penniless. He gets near the end of the street when all of a sudden he sees it, something that catches his eye. He walks over to it almost in a trance. The vendor at that particular booth, recognizes that the wealthy man is coming to him. And so he gets excited and he says, Ah, yes, I see that you are a man of fine taste. And he takes out a chest and opens it up and reveals to the world diamonds that he claims are of the highest cut, carrot, color, and clarity. But the man is ignoring the vendor. Instead, he picks up an object that was carelessly laid at the side of the table, a small pearl, And he holds it up to his eye. And while the man is going on about all the possessions he might want to sell to the wealthy man, the merchant says, how much for this? Then he realizes that he hasn't, and he smiles, and he says, well, how much do you have? The merchant reaches for his wallet, and the vendor stops him and says, no, you misunderstand me. How much do you have? The merchant gave away everything he had for the pearl. And in that day, two people were transformed. The vendor became a wealthy man, and the merchant became the keeper of a treasure. That's the parable, told slightly differently, that, that Jesus gives to us today. And I, and I hope you caught the problem with it. I hope you heard that, either in the gospel reading or in the story that I just told you. And, and if you're thinking problem, what might that be? I, I can guarantee it might have already crossed your mind. In what world does one person give away everything so that they might have one thing? When does that ever happen? And yet Jesus seems to be telling us that, and he does that twice in a row in two stories that are very similar to one another. There's a man in verse 44 of Matthew chapter 13 who goes out, and he's he's in a field for some reason, and he finds a treasure there, a buried treasure. And he 
buries it again, he hides it, and he goes out, he sells everything he has so that he might purchase that one field. And then in our story, there's a man who finds a pearl that is of great value, and what does he do? He sells everything he has, he gives all he had, so that he might have this one object. If that's the expectation for us, then we are done. And I can tell you that we are done both just from the obvious truth of it, but I can give you real concrete examples of how we oftentimes have an opportunity maybe to buy something of great worth, of surpassing worth, and we turn it down. There's the man in, in Matthew chapter 19 that we'll meet later on if we would continue reading. And in Matthew 19, this rich young man comes up to Jesus and he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And eventually Jesus says, there's one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the man doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He walks away from that. If we had one clear moment to sell everything we had and purchase even the kingdom of heaven, we have no guarantee that we would even be able to do that. But the great news is, is that the kingdom of heaven doesn't have to be purchased to be possessed. Because the deal is already done. There's a man named Forrest Finn who used to deal in antiquities, and apparently over time, over his career, he had developed a treasure worth $2 million of different antiquities. Some of them were gold coins, some, some of these items were, were precious jewels, and other artifacts that were of value. And once this man had amassed his treasure, he put it inside of a chest, and he walked out into the Rocky Mountain wilderness and buried it somewhere. And then, and this was in 2010, and then he writes a book describing, describing that what he had done, that he had amassed this treasure and that he had buried it. And he says that anybody who finds this treasure can have it. This $2 million treasure, it's yours if only you can find it. And he only leaves a poem that has several clues about the location, and that's all you have to work with. Well, it's been 10 years, and if you're excited about this idea, I want to go ahead and squash that for you, because apparently, apparently the treasure has been found. As of last month, the treasure has been found. The identity of the person has not been revealed, so we are now left with two theories. Either the treasure has actually been found, or that person finally got all the attention that they wanted and called off this so-called treasure hunt. You go with your favorite theory. It doesn't matter to me. But in between the treasure's burial and its finding, we have 10 years where hundreds of thousands of people went to look for this treasure. One man in Atlanta sold his house, and moved out to Colorado to be closer to the wilderness. One day he went out looking for the treasure, and he did not come back. He died in the wilderness. So did about four or five other people. One of which was a pastor at a church in Colorado. He was sent out by a stewardship committee. All right, anyhow. <laughs> Either way, you find the treasure or the books are light and good luck, our prayers are with you. And so, and isn't it interesting then that even when perhaps an opportunity comes along to buy something of surpassing worth by giving away everything we have, we use it for the wrong ends. We 
use it to serve ourselves. And, and if you're offended by the audacity of these people, by the wastefulness of these people who threw away their lives to walk into the woods to find some treasure in the entire Rocky Mountain wilderness, I wouldn't be too quick to judge them because while they might be more spontaneous in their insanity, our insanity is oftentimes slower but far more consistent. We spend money a little bit on ourselves. And sometimes that's a good thing. We then spend money on ourselves because it's a convenient thing. We spend money on ourselves because we deserve it. We spend money on ourselves because we deserve a treat. And so we continue to come up with, with reasons, nickel and dime, nickel and dime, until the moment that we have to give to help to somebody else and we have wasted our treasure. We bury ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper into debt, taking on more loans and mortgages and things like that so that we might have something now, all the while forgetting about eternity. It happens in other ways, too. We say that we are against certain sins. There are certain sins that we say that we will not commit, we don't want to commit, and yet we don't cut out those temptations from our lives. And so temptations nickel and dime us until we have thrown away our salvation. We choose comfort again. We choose silence again and again and again until nobody listens to us. We have thrown away opportunities to speak the name of Christ. We may not sell everything in one moment. We are guilty of giving away treasures ourselves and trading down on those treasures for things that are of earthly value, temporary value, things dedicated to destruction. We are searching couch cushions for a token of affection and love and respect and honor in the world all the while we don't realize that we are a treasure. I had the privilege of being a part of a tutoring program in my former congregation and what we found as we were tutoring some of these students was that for as much as they needed help academically one of the things they really needed was just an adult that cared for them. Many of them were just in that situation. There was one girl in particular. She came into our tutoring program when she was in first grade. We'll name her Pearl. Pearl had already seen a lot in her life, even though she was only six or seven years old at the time. Her father was in jail. Her mother wasn't really doing the job of being mother full time yet, if you know what I mean. And her grandmother was a, was a source of support and stability in her life, but her grandmother was very limited in what she could do for Pearl. Pearl already knew what it was like as a first grader to go home and microwave dinner for herself and eat it by herself. And then, if I'm not off on my guess, she probably also tucked herself in to bed on many nights. Pearl had it very difficult, and because of this, Pearl had a lot of issues that just would oftentimes overwhelm her mind and her body. She had so much anxiety and fear, and that anxiety and fear could be triggered in just a moment. 
you might say something, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, she is transformed, and you don't even know what you said. And, and she's running through the church. Now, out of the tutoring area, and oftentimes she's at risk of, of causing destruction or harming herself. And so there were many days where we had to run after Pearl, where we had to bring her back from safety, peel her away from her need to fight and her need to run. And there were times, honestly, where she by herself wore out the entire tutoring staff. Pearl was a one-girl army. And we went home many days broken and, and, and confused and worn out mentally and emotionally and even physically from running after this little girl who was going into harm's way. And yet, and yet, as she grew comfortable in this place, in this church, in this tutoring program, there were times where she didn't want to leave. There were times where she didn't want to leave. She wanted to stay there. She wanted to stay there for forever. And no matter what treats her grandmother offered her, no matter what extra TV time, no matter what reminders about the adventures that the weekend would hold for her, if only she would go, even the prompting of, hey, you have school in the morning, you have to leave, you can come back later. None of that would work someday. She would hide behind the couch. She would hide in the coat rack because she wanted to stay, forsaking all else. She wanted to stay. Pearl loved because she was first loved by us. Pearl treasured and was willing to forsake all because she was first the treasure. you see how our reading of this parable of the merchant is turned upon its head. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Ransom, of course, is a financial term, a buying back out of a dangerous and dark situation. And what was the payment? All he had was the payment, his life. And the parable that we have read, I would argue that the merchant is Jesus. And in the Old Testament reading, you heard the words from Deuteronomy chapter 7 that you are a chosen people to be his treasured possession. You are the pearl. You are the treasure. Jesus has given everything. So yes, we have the stories of disciples leaving everything. We have the stories of Paul going without and being hungry and cold. And yes, all of those are true. There are people who have given so very much for the kingdom of heaven, and yet only because they themselves were first found. Do you know who you are? You are a treasure purchased the blood of Christ. Do you know who you are? A life was given for your life. Do you know who you are? Even though the world is constantly trying to make a better offer, none will be found. Christ has given his all for you. God the Father has opened up the treasure of heaven himself. Christ took on flesh, and he never once 
withdrew from his father's checking account while he was down here. He took on flesh and endured poverty and gave all things so that all people might know him and know the way to the Father. Do you know who you are? You are a treasure. Don't throw yourself away. Amen. You are not alone. As you hurt, you are not alone. Also, your suffering can end in the next second. And finally, right now, here, today, your suffering is producing character. What you are going through is not pointless.